Welcome to Red and Yellow, the podcast about all things to do with refereeing at grassroots level, looking at the laws of football, speaking to guests and trying to help you become a better referee with Adam Humphreys and me, Ed Connell. Sorry, I should do a vocal warm up before each podcast. Good uh, evening, Adam. How are you? Good evening, Edward. I'm well, thank you. So you can tell I'm already feeling a bit croaky and I've got to perform tonight. No, I'm well, thank you. How are you? Um, I'm good. You're you're away from home because you're on tour doing your acting work. Which Don't part of the world like are you that. in? Don't say it like that. You said it like it doesn't count as work. I called it acting work. Isn't that not what it is? <laughs> okay. It's more like acting, like stroking your fake beard. You've actually got a beard. Um, I've got a beard. Yeah, I'm in Canberra. Yeah. yeah. So how long are you there for? Two days. So we've got a performance tonight and a performance tomorrow night. And uh, where's Canberra in relation to the Gold Coast? Sorry, you asked Johnson. me a question just as I took some water. <laughs> it's south. So Canberra okay. is like a little territory they built in the middle of New South Wales. Um, did you have to fly there? I did. Yes, I flew here mm. last night. Yes. And so you're sweet to be from the glamour of a hotel room, are you? <laughs> it smells like a hundred questions. I mean, I wouldn't call it glamorous. It isn't mature, though, darling. Um, well, I can't, I can't tell because you've blurred the background, so I don't well, know quite how shabby it is. It's just white walls. and It's not that shabby. I've stayed in worse, so that's quite good. Um, and actually, I had a fairly decent night's sleep last night, so that's good as well. Um, so we, we, we need to talk because um, the last podcast we recorded... Um, I explained that it was late here. My dog was sleeping in the same room. So I was sat in darkness. And then after that, you decided you thought it'd be a good idea to create some TikToks of what's meant to be an audio podcast. Um, and you were sort of sat there with your makeup on, looking resplendent. <laughs> and I was plunged in darkness. Ed, Ed, um, I, told so you, I told you not to tell the audience about me wearing makeup. <laughs> So now that you've made it an audiovisual experience, I've had to, upon your recommendation, purchase something which I didn't think I'd ever have to buy, <laughs> which is a ring light that Ed. sits aloft my laptop to put me into a glorious Technicolor. This is this is what I do to people. I improve their lives. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not I'm not sure that making me spend money on on Amazon for a ring light is improving my life. How much but did you I, spend? Like five pounds, surely? It can't be that much. Black Friday sale was very well timed. Well, so done. I, See? I haven't spent I care very much. About you. But also, it is an audio visual experience. I don't know where I got the idea from. I was like, well, we have all these, like, because, you know, we want to spread the word of the podcast, right? Because it's doing, it's, I think it's a valuable podcast. Yeah. And it's um, doing well. It is. It's doing very well, actually. Oh, oh, that's the other thing. Oh, wait. Remind me about the other thing in a moment because otherwise I'll forget. Um, okay. And so, yeah, I was like, well, we have all these video. We have all this video footage. I know how to create rather decent videos because I've got like thirty-three thousand followers on TikTok. So I was like, "Why don't we start a TikTok?" And then, isn't it? Aren't we going to set up an Instagram as well at some point? We are. Um, we can just uh, multiply the content. No, the t- the TikToks do remarkably well. We're getting a lot of people viewing the TikToks. It just would have been nice to have been forewarned that. Uh, we were going to be making TikToks. And secondly, uh, I've also noticed with your, your editing, you, you you sort of provide expert advice on the laws and I sort of chirp in with a, yes, I agree. <laughs> or, some, or some totally useless right. additional fact. In so, my defence, in my defence. Balance, balance this up is what needs happening. No, you're not wrong. And in my defence, I was aware that... Uh, I didn't want it to become basically a narcissistic <laughs> exercise of me, but also I am a narcissist. So <laughs> I'm surprised you'd expect anything less. Wow. However, no, all, all I would say is I am honestly trying to edit them um, with balance. Uh, obviously, I know I am. Don't raise your eyebrows at me, mister. And um, added to that, I also have kept your appearances on there to a minimum because people can't see your face. So that makes mm. it a little more difficult. So those mm. be the reasons. But I, yeah, I, I don't want everyone to think, I think I'm the expert and Edward is not. I will try and bring it up. Added to that, I did also ask for you to send me some moments that you thought were, um, that I could put on there. And because I know my brain generally skews towards my voice, so your brain might skew towards your voice. So I've, got, I've actually got a pen and notepad to write down any interesting <laughs> things you say. 
And also, I was going to do like a little series of Ed's fun facts, but I've just not got around to doing them yet. Okay. All Is right. that fair? Well, you'll, for- you'll forgive them. What was the other thing you wanted to be reminded of? Oh, oh, I was going to say I've completely forgotten. But no... Uh, talking about how well the podcast is doing. Do you remember yeah. I sent you a message the other week and I was like, how cool would it be if we got to a thousand plays before we recorded the next episode? Yeah. We're at 1,043. Amazing. Because it's blood. Yeah. No, 1,043, which is awesome from like six that's episodes. Really good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very happy with that. You should and um, interestingly, sort of the TikTok and the Facebook page has been driving quite a lot of people towards the um, the podcast, which is also really good as well. We've had lots of engagement on Facebook, even though it's a bit of a, a dated social media. But um, no, it's good. Really good that we're getting more and more listeners and more and more people contacting us. So I'm very, very happy with that. Me too. Me too. Um, and, you know, the problem is with Facebook is it's not an audio-visual experience anymore, not like TikTok and this podcast is. So actually, this podcast is now better than Facebook. Yeah, no, it's good. Really good. Um, no, it's been a productive week. So I thought we'd talk about some news items, first of all, this Lovely. week, as per usual. Um, I think I ought to mention, because I'm Mr. Pro Diversity and Inclusion, um, that whilst we're sat recording Wait, this... I, I am as well. Oh, no, no. Uh, yeah, okay. okay. You are as well. <laughs> um, but whilst we're recording this, I've got the Germany-Costa um, Rica game on the TV in the background. Oh, lovely. Right. And the reason why that's significant is um, it's the first ever all-female refereeing team at a World Cup. Ah, is that the game? That's awesome. Yeah. So that is happening right now. So that's very, very exciting. A, a world's first. Big up um, the women. I can't quite believe that it's taken this long. Uh, this long for it to happen. I still can't quite believe we've never had a female refereeing in the Premier League yet in the middle. There was Sean Massey, wasn't there? She was on the line. Yeah, she was on the line, but um, we've never had actually in the middle. But um, hopefully this will be a side of things come. I mean, I'm, I, I felt a bit sorry for her because it's a big game, obviously, because it's a, uh, it's the group where anybody can go through, depending what the results are. It's a must-win game for Germany. Uh, so big game. You know, a lot of spotlight on it, but best of luck. It seems to be going well so far, so that's good. That was the but first if bit of... If you're, if you're a referee at the World Cup, like, you you know, all games are important games, really, aren't they? She, oh, yeah. she, she would have wanted that, I think. She's like, and actually, I think it's a sign of, of things to come because don't they now, I don't really know how it works, but I've got a feeling like whoever gets to do these last round of games, they're then the group of referees that go on to do the last 16 games as well. So actually it's good okay. that she's in there because it means she's up for selection for future matches as well. So um that must mean then that um our referee out there who's Anthony Taylor, isn't it? I yes, think who's he's our referee. Through. He'll be he must be through as well because he refereed um I think the game either age day or last night. But I, I don't know I think that if I was doing my first ever World Cup game um, I want it to be an opener. I want like it to be, a, yeah, something that didn't yeah. really matter. Whereas there's a, there's also a lot of attention on this game, so added scrutiny. But listen, if you're good enough to be appointed to the World Cup, you're good enough to do any game. So well, exactly um, right. Fingers crossed that keeps going well. What was my other bit of news? I'd few bits of news. Want to talk about? Oh yeah, I want to talk about. Bearing in mind that we're talking about um, time this evening. Um, right. I thought, thought it was interesting. <laughs> this isn't a science podcast. Oh, no. The way you said that, it was like, it was like we were about taking... to introduce like Sir Stephen Hawking or someone. Have I taken you by surprise by telling you what the law that we're dealing with tonight, Adam? It is the duration of the match. The duration of the match. Yes. Um, and what's been quite interesting is the uh, incredible amounts of added time that's been happening at the World Cup. Have Aren't you they taking aware uh, of this? Yeah, I've seen a few things, bits and bobs about it. Aren't they? This is very, I've got a quite a funny anecdote about this actually, but aren't they adding on like every little second of time lost for ball out of play, anything? It's not It's not quite that, but Pierre Luigi Kalina, who remember we've talked about before as being on the IFAB advisory board. The Godfather. He, he, he gave a sort of a, a, a press conference in which they explained that they're going, that we are going to see much more added time than you'd normally see in other games. And the reason being is they're going to pay particular attention. It's mostly to um, goal celebrations. Right. Um, And I think the comment he made was, was that on average, a goal celebration takes about 90 seconds. I can believe that. And generally speaking, 
you don't get anywhere near that amount of added time in a game, but they're applying it rigidly. So we are getting some games where, you know, we're getting sort of seven, eight. Well, in fact, I think the England game um, with Iran, where there was the injury to the keeper, is, is one of the longest games in modern football in terms of, I, I think there was like 14 minutes of added time in one half and, you know, similar length in the other half. So, yeah, so that's why we're seeing these kind of much longer episodes of added time. But interestingly, the Premier League have already said, uh, we ain't adopting that. So no, I'm not uh, we're not, we're not going to be seeing that back in the Prem. But, uh, yeah, which all, which I, I, I've got an, a, a fun fact later on about timings of games, but I'll save it till later because I don't want to get people too excited too early on. <laughs> I mean, I've got a feeling it's going to be a pretty short episode, right? So, I mean, they're going to have to Well, you have, you have read there. this law, haven't you? I mean, there's uh, absolutely I so. yeah. nothing of interest, <laughs> controversial or worthy of debate in this in this law. I mean, it's it's... I know it's my mantra every week to say, this law's not very exciting, <laughs> but... This law is not very exciting. Uh, we might have to split the offside law into like two episodes. I know, was because... thinking, I was thinking that which would be a, a bit of a shame because I quite like the fact it's an episode of law. What are you drinking, mm. Edward? Is that white wine? It's white wine. A Cabernet it's Thursday night. The Lovely. football's on the telly. Uh, <laughs> one day of the week left. Uh, it's been you're a doing, long four days. You're doing it like a proper lad drinking white wine whilst watching the telly. <laughs> Nice, nice Spanish Alberino. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, what was my other bit of news? Um, what was I say? What about the football league that's gone on strike? Yeah, I mean, I know this kind of is a topic we cover every week, but there's there's a one. Um, it was an area, wasn't it? I think rather than one individual league where the I've rest have all gone somewhere. on strike because of the level of abuse that. A referee's been suffering. Yeah. Uh, I haven't followed that through recently. I, mean, I saw quite a lot on social media when it happened, but I, I'm not sure quite how it's resolved itself. But I know the, the league were, you know, very sympathetic and were backing the referees and the stance they were taking. Mm. Um, have you seen anything more about it at all? Oh, I haven't seen much. Like, I haven't seen an update. Like, I don't think they're back at refereeing. I think they're still on strike and stuff. But, um, I mean, generally, I saw a whole mixture of stuff. I saw... Lots of people kind of, you know, supporting the refs. And then I saw, like, Sunday League footballers going, oh, my goodness, the refs destroyed the game for everybody else again and things. And Well, that's and, what that's what we try to do, obviously. It's our yeah, aim every week. Yep, yep. You know, it's not like... Like, I... It's a very strange attitude, isn't it? Because I'm a referee because I love the game and I care about the game an awful lot. And actually, I would put forward to anybody, I'm actually more protective and more... Um, more passionate about the game than anyone who plays it. Um, and I think yeah. you have to be to be a referee because otherwise you wouldn't be able to put up with all the crap you get from people all the time. And so um, just because we don't necessarily kick the ball, I think people think um, think that we're lesser parts of the game. Whereas actually, luckily, these people who have gone on strike and fair play to them are proving that actually, no, you, you'll have no foot, you'll simply have no football. And that's, yeah. that's the result. Yeah. Um, the other thing I was going to mention was, insofar as news is concerned, just about how the technology that's involved in the World Cup. I don't know, obviously we've been getting now these sort of, we talked before about VAR decisions being much better in the Champions League this year because we talked about the technology and I think we posted some stuff on Twitter about how they're being able to be much more accurate now with the ball but mm. i didn't realize that i think there's there's i think there's like an electronic chip in the world cup footballs because there's been a whole thing about whether did christian cristiano ronaldo score that goal or not yes. and um there are chips in these footballs which means that the that not only does the football has to be pumped up before every game but it has to be charged as well apparently it has to be sort of charged up like an electronic device um <laughs> Which is what gave the technology to be able to definitively say Ronaldo did not touch the ball. They're going to start coming up with um. They're going to start coming. We're going to have to. They're going to start like making the balls glow, aren't they? So they can play in the dark and stuff now. Like it's getting a bit ridiculous. I'm not playing in the dark. <laughs> oh no! But like, so it lights up whenever a goal scored or something. I bet honestly that'll be the next thing. It's like mobile phones, isn't it? Do you remember when someone said to you, you'll be able to watch a music video on a mobile phone one day? And you're like, no way. And now look at where we are. I'm literally doing this podcast using the internet on my phone. 
It's crazy. Um, uh, other news. Uh, have you been refereeing at all? Have you been out doing stuff? No, I'm. I'm because of my shoulder. I haven't really been doing very much yeah, at all, unfortunately. Sense. But I yeah. am going to uh, referee my old football club's Christmas uh, intra-club friendly, which is always go- a fun affair. Are you going to wear a Santa hat? Um, it's it's that sort of it's that sort of event. Yeah, you're not allowed. Not, to, not... You're not allowed to wear a Santa hat as a referee. Well, you it, will it, get fined it, by the FA. <laughs> it's an intra-club game, so I don't think anybody's going to be monitoring me. Uh, but it's usually if anybody. Fun. If anybody who is at the uh, who is at the game and is listening to this, please, please, please set up a GoPro or something so we can watch Ed no, and we can we, analyze we... his decisions. Please, <laughs> we, we can put them on TikTok. And we can have a look, see how Ed referees. We, we, can, we, can, we can replace fun facts that. with, let's analyse Ed's game. <laughs> this is about education, not comedy. Just so that we're clear. Just so we're clear. But the comedy uh, does help. <laughs> <laughs> um, but oh, and the other news was, I, it's not really news news, but aren't you sort of in the throes of the fitness test? regime oh, yeah i got the dreaded email the other day um that was like these are the details for the fitness test and um i i i really do not like the fitness test every when, single when, year. when is the test that's what, uh, so i think you... it, i think it's the 17th of january right okay um, yeah and in a nutshell just just tell us what the fitness test involves so we do the um we here so in the uk it was a bit different like it's yeah. not the 17th of January, it's another day in January. Anyway. Um harder in Australia or harder in, in UK? Uh oh, I think it's harder in Australia because I'm having to go at a higher level. Okay. Um, so in the UK, I used to have to run 2,600 meters to 2.6 K in 12 minutes flat. Yeah. And you got one attempt and you wasn't allowed to stop. If you stopped, that's it. You was out. And then you had to do four, I think. And what I've been right. to two 50 meter sprints in seven and a half seconds. Um, the sprinting was fine, but the 2.6k, I think I only had one year where it actually felt comfortable. But equal to that is, you know, on my own worst enemy, really, I kind of like because I know I'm fit enough, like I don't always practice like I should. And so I just didn't really train specifically for it. Um, and now here in Queensland, what we do is well on camera at the minute but in queensland we do the dynamic yo-yo test so we have to run it's a beep test and we have to run 40 meters between cones um in kind of like a, an arc pattern so it's like you run then you have to turn you'd have to turn all the way around you don't have to do a 180 and it's amazing right. how much time that saves you not having to do a 180 and i have to in order to be able to referee at the level which i did last season i've got to get up to 18 5 um, which means I'm running about 1,928 meters or something. Okay. Um, uh, in I think it will take about 18 minutes, but it's like sprinting. It's 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 hard. Um, it is hard, and you don't get much rest. So, you know, it's like, yeah, it's it is what it is. I mean, if I can get to 18.8, that's the same level of fitness that the FIFA referees have. That's what they have okay. to do. So it's it's a high bar. Um, but I passed it last year. So, um, yeah. And I've got all my stuff with me down here in Canberra to uh, to pass the fitness test. Um, well, to practice. So I'm going to go out once we're done with this and practice it. Set up my cone, set up my tape measure, put on my shoes. Pretty good. Not die. Um, and I've also got an app on my Garmin, which is pretty cool, which one of the referees here in Queensland has developed. Um, that times it all for you. So that's good as well. Nice. Um, yeah, but I've got some terrible anecdotes about refereeing. So the first one, I was so nervous. Um, the refereeing fitness tests. I was so nervous. Like, I don't think you can understand how nervous I was. I'd probably drunk like three coffees. Um, because obviously, like, everyone knew I was a personal trainer. So I felt like there was a lot of pressure on me for this, right? And uh, and we all sort of lined up uh, on the line. And, you know, the referees were there. They blew their whistles. Off we went. And, uh, and we started running. And I was wearing white, this, this is very important detail. I was wearing white West Ham shorts, okay? And just a top, I can't remember what top. Is, is this a sort of adult-only story? It is. It is a bit of an adult-only story, oh right? God. I know, it's not good. And I, Are you like, sure I, you want to share this? Oh, I've shared it before. And I was <laughs> running for like two, two laps, and I was feeling really rough. 
And um, and then suddenly I, was, I remember coming down the home straight and then suddenly I was feeling an awful lot better. And I didn't know why. And like all this pressure that was inside me had been released. And I carried on, finished the fitness test. <laughs> and then I pulled up to the side and was just like sick. Like I vomited everywhere. And then I'd realized what had happened. And um, I had to go to the St. John's ambulance and clean up and everything. And um, and then I came out of the St. John's ambulance. I cleaned up, came out of St. John's ambulance. They said, I'm fine. There's no worries. And I was okay. And then I had to go and do my sprints, did my sprints, passed the fitness test. Is this, a, is this a long way of telling us that you sold yourself during the fitness test? It is. <laughs> Bloody hell. Well, it just goes to show that we all get nervous, that it's not always easy, and it's okay to, to for stuff to go wrong, I suppose. <laughs> but I, like my determination was I'm not redoing this fitness test, and I carried on. <laughs> but I genuinely didn't know what had happened until I'd finished. Genuinely had no idea. That's what happens as you get old, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> and now, um, and now I, this was in the UK, by the way. So anyone in Australia, this hasn't happened since I've been in Australia. And, uh, and uh, now, like before every fitness test, I take like Imodium and I just make sure that I'm going to be okay. <laughs> oh, oh, God, I wish I'd even mentioned that now. <laughs> <laughs> I told you I had some stories. <laughs> right, is that, is that it on the sort of stories? Oh yeah, so. and everyone in Australia who's getting ready for it, good luck. Um, if you you know want to ask me any questions about it, then do. But um, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm sure you'll be fine. Just practice, practice. You like it's it's almost a skill within itself to pass a fitness test without actually um, without actually uh, kind of like you can be fit enough to referee without being fit enough to do the fitness test in some ways. Um, yeah. So yeah, you just have to get yourself ready for the fitness test. Um, I find it hard to believe that some of the premier premier um, ship refs actually pass the fitness test. I mean, I don't want to be too disparaging, but there are some people there that that look as though they're not built for running, and um, that, you know, the fitness test is quite challenging. I think it is, and we also shouldn't judge people based on the way they look, Edward. Well, the reality is though that normally when people look a little bit oversized, they struggle with running. It's a simple fact. I don't think I'm you know betraying any confidences there. Anyway, shall we talk about the uh this week's law, which is obviously <laughs> very, very exciting. It's gonna take uh, at least three or four minutes. Should we do it like a pop quiz? Ed, how long is the duration of a match? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it is that basic because um <laughs> Part one of law number seven is about periods of play. And it'll come as an enormous surprise to you to learn that the match lasts for two equal halves of 45 minutes, Adam. It does. Uh, and in what circumstances can that figure be reduced? If it has been agreed between the referee and the two teams before the start of the match, and if in accordance with competition rules. There we go. That's the, the first uh, part of law seven second part of law seven equally thrilling uh players are entitled to an interval at half time not exceeding 15 minutes i don't know whether you're not less than 10 minutes came from i think you imagined that last week when you said that but it's it's no more than 15 um and how much time do you have if there's extra time in the match how much do you give them in the breaks between the two halves of extra time I don't know. Oh, uh, it's what are you one minute. About? Is it one oh, minute? Okay. Yeah, one minute's permitted. That that's in the law, Adam. That you obviously read studiously. Wait, a short season. drinks break, which should not exceed one minute. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Oh, you didn't it's say the, drinks break. But it's the half time. I said the half time in extra time. If you read it, half time <laughs> extra time. <laughs> we're, we're establishing Adam can't read. Players are yeah, entitled exactly. to an interval at half-time, not exceeding 15 minutes. A short yeah. drinks break, which should not yeah. exceed one minute. No, yeah. the way you're saying it made me think that the drinks break was in half-time. That's what was confusing me. I know, he had some rightful <laughs> look, but that's what was confusing me. And so okay. that, may, that basically means that during a game, on like a hot day or whatever, you're allowed to give teams a drinks break. But... um but it's not allowed to last longer than a minute. Otherwise, Pe- Pierre Colini, what's his name? I was going to say Pierre Luigi. Luigi Colina. It is Pierre Luigi Colina. It's not just when it's hot, it's just 
in the laws of the game say if you've got extra time, you can have a one minute interval between your two your two halves. So oh, it's for extra got time. It? I have oh. now. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. It's permitted at the interval of half time in extra time. Okay. Right. <laughs> this, this feels like a, a voyage of discovery for you, this law, Adam. I, I love the <laughs> level <laughs> level of prep that you put into our, our podcast. How how inter- how interesting what to learn there's, a, there's 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 law i know it's fascinating isn't it that's the whole idea of the podcast but i think the listeners would probably have appreciated if you'd actually looked at it before we started recording thank god one of us does the prep anyway part three part three is the allowance for time lost which is i suppose moderately interesting um so um adam question for you which obviously you will know <laughs> oh God's sake! But, oh, got it. What are the events that a, a referee can make allowance for in adding time? Come on, hit me Sub- with the list. Substitutions. Yeah. Uh, assessment after removal of injured players. And or yeah, okay. <laughs> I can't read either. <laughs> wasting time which i'm doing a good job of here uh disciplinary sanctions medical stoppages is a medical stoppage different to an injury yeah i think so because i think an injury generally speaking such just when somebody's sort of down on the floor and they pull they have to pause the game whereas medical is where you're obviously getting the physios on i assume it's the distinction between the two added to that Um, this is why i was confused e.g a drinks break it is in the laws of the game, thank you, which should not exceed um, one minute and cooling breaks. So who hasn't read the law, Edward? Hold on. I'm asking the question about the law that I've read, and you're meant to be giving me the answers. <laughs> I know the answers. You're allowed a cooling break. Did you know that? Yeah. Well, you can, all, you can have drinks breaks, can't you? I mean, that happens. I mean, no, but they, no, no, no. A drinks break is different to a cooling break. Yeah, well, we don't really have much need for that in the UK. In the UK, no. <laughs> Um, and then we've got you've got the VAR delays um, relating to VAR checks. Yeah, that's probably and, why so much time is being added on at the World Cup, isn't it? I know it's a bit tedious. And, and any it, other cause. Yeah. Uh, so basically, nice you add time for everything, but it doesn't say, does it? Actually, it doesn't say football out of play. No, it doesn't. Um, but I suppose that would probably come under sort of wasting time, wouldn't it? Because strictly speaking, if you scored a goal, you should all trot back in your own half and you wouldn't lose much time at all. Goal celebrations and loitering around the goal is probably viewed as sort of wasting time. So Yeah, I mean, I was talking more like, um, you know, like if the ball goes out for a goal kick and it takes a, like 20 seconds to get it back and things like that, like you don't add that time on. So when I first started refereeing, this was before I'd done like my course and everything. I was just doing it with mates. Um, I used to stop the watch every time the ball was out of play. And they were like, my God, how long is this half? I was <laughs> going to say, how, how long have the matches gone for? I know. We were there for about two and a half hours. Um, so the other thing about it, it says is obviously, yeah, I mean, I think when it comes to that, actually, just on that topic, I think obviously you're not stopping it every time it goes out of play, but I think, what I, what I tend to do if I've, if I've got a goalkeeper who is deliberately wasting time, you know, by sort of oh I'm just going to take it from this side of the six yard box. Oh no, let me take it the other side of the six yard box. Oh hold on, I'm not going to take it now. After all, I'm going to let the defender come back and take it. I mean that's a very obvious ploy that we see time and time again. And I make it clear when that happens that I am adding time onto it to try and you know make them desist from that. And how do you um yeah so how how do you do that? Like, what's your I, process in letting them know that, just out of interest? So I, I, I make a very obvious gesture that I am pausing time on my watch. Because yeah. it's, usually, it's usually the players from the team who haven't got possession of the ball that are most aggrieved about it. And so I sort of generally just sort of hold my watch up and say, yeah, no, I'm aware of that. I'm, I'm you know, stopping the clock. This would be added time. Yeah. Uh, I say it very vocally so that everybody hears me. And, of course, the ultimate sanction for a goalkeeper that keeps on persisting on doing that is is yellow cards, which we kind of see quite often when you're watching. Yeah, so, I mean, TV. like, I think this is a good point of discussion. Um, like, obviously, you don't want, like, Say, like, because say it's a goal kick, for instance, right? Like, 
the goalkeeper's in the six-yard box. Now, he's entitled to take it, take the goal kick from anywhere in that goal area. It doesn't have to be from the side the ball left the field, right? Like, you're entitled to take it from whatever yeah. position. So he's entitled to run across and put it on the other side. Like, he is entitled yeah. to do that, right? Yeah, no problem with that. Um, and then, so that's one point. But then the other point is, is if he does start kind of, you know, tapping his studs on the post and doing his shoelace up or whatever, then often what I see some referees do is, is they'll like run back to him, talk to him, and then run all the way back and then blow their whistle that they're ready to restart play. And they'll just have a chat. Like yeah. I would argue that if you're if you're going to have a chat with the goalkeeper, do it when you're a lot closer to the goalkeeper, and the, especially if it's a tense game. And um, and not everybody is kind of waiting for the, you know, for you to do that because then that's more delayed time. So all I do is I literally just hold both my hands above my head. I make it very obvious that I'm stopping, in inverted commas, stopping the watch. Um, and uh, and I say to everyone, don't worry, he's not getting the time. I'm stopping my watch. And yeah. just literally so the whole ground can see the hands above yeah. my head. It helps that I'm six foot eight or whatever I am, six foot four. And so everyone's really obvious. And then when people, yeah. when the other team moan at me, I'm like, don't worry, he's not getting it. I've stopped my watch. And then when they see you do that, and I just shout at the goalkeeper and I'm like, mate, you're not getting this time. Don't worry. Um, yeah. And that's it. And then you only, yeah, because by going to talk to him to stop time wasting, you're now wasting more time. And that just yeah, makes I, people I, more I annoyed. I tend to, to do oh, that because I agree no, with no. you. I think that, that just sort of, um, slows everything down anyway. And the reality yeah. is it's not a huge problem. It's only it's usually towards the end of games that this happens, yeah. where one one team is, you know, trying to hang on for a draw where they've been under the cosh or they're one goal up. And it's kind of the, the very tail end part of a game that mostly happens most of the time during the game, people aren't particularly bothered about it. Um, but yeah, and no, I agree, it's just sort of very sort of obvious gesture so that people know that you are um, you know, paying attention to it all. Um and then, it obviously it's the referee's uh, job when you're doing it. Unless you've got a fourth official, the fourth official then is um, the person that is responsible if you've got a fourth official for timekeeping. Um, part four is relates to a question. It was a couple of um, podcasts ago that I asked you about. Remember, I said to you there'd been a VR decision after the 90 minutes was up and the referee allowed the penalty to be taken that was spotted on VR infringement. And I remember I asked the question, how long would you have allowed to be played? Because it's a penalty kick, which has been added. So I don't know whether this answers the question or not. Part four says penalty kick. If a penalty kick has to be taken or retaken, the half is extended until the penalty kick is completed, right? Which is kind of that VAR scenario, isn't it, that we had? But it's interesting. It says the penalty kick, and it, so it's not the phase of play. It's not, it, you know, it's quite specific, isn't it? About saying you allow the penalty uh, kick to to happen. I can't hear you, Adam. <laughs> Some might say this is a view of listener's dream. Oh. It's <laughs> Listeners are sort of saying to themselves at the moment, why did Ed bring that to his attention? <laughs> After all, Adam hasn't even read the law anyway, so why is he bothering? Are you, are you, you're back with us. I'm trying to reconnect. God, blimey, honestly. Amateurs. Am, uh, no, amateurs is, amateurs is plural. Oh, can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you now, yeah. Oh, right. I don't know what happened to my microphone. Oh, golly. It's all gone, Pete, Tom. I am getting a new microphone for Christmas, I thought, I hope. So um, that will help. Right. Well, if you can hear me, um, I suppose it's just to make sure that um, we are the, that we don't, because the situation would occur where a referee somewhere in the world would um, almost certainly stop play before like would finish the game before the penalty kick was to be done, right? But a penalty kick is such a charged moment. It makes yeah. sense that it has to be completed, right? But it is quite specific though, isn't it? I mean, if, if they yeah. if they want to be interpreted as ensuing rebounds or until the phase of play ends, it's perfectly open to say that. And, and they tend to be pretty specific where they can be, but it is simply says until the penalty kick is completed, which is kind of, was my interpretation of I think how it should have been 
uh, applied, and I think mm. you sort of t- took a slightly different view. But anyway, that that may or may not be in listeners' views. Yeah, wasn't that. there wasn't there a situation like this at the World Cup recently where um, the referee had finished the game and VAR asking to go back and look at a situation? No, that that was the Champions. I don't think it's been anything like that. The World Cup. That was the Champions okay. League game that I told you about, where that the Atletico Madrid game. Yeah, where yeah. Atletico had I thought. To score. I honestly thought I saw something like that on the um on the on the um on the World Cup well, as well. I don't. Yeah. I don't think so. But then no, again, you would know. Um, I'm not watching it, so you would know. Well, as we discussed before, I'm not really watching it with much enthusiasm, and I'd probably watch less games. At this World Cup than any previous World Cup that I can remember. So yes. I mean, I a lot of the games are whilst I'm working, um, and the evenings, well, I sort of catch the odd game or two, but there we go. Um, part five of Law Seven, which is the last part of uh Law Seven, Law seven. simply says an abandoned match is replayed unless the competition rules or organizers determine otherwise. Well, that was you know fascinating. Um, and that is law number seven wrapped up in my defense last week i think i said we'd be able to do it in about three minutes that took longer than three minutes it did but um only because we sort of talked about various things the law itself is very very basic it's very basic it's it's it, it, it just goes to show though doesn't it what like managing a sport must be like because even all the things we take for granted you still have to have written down because at some point in some place there will be a problem if this wasn't written down. Yeah, I mean, I, I I still think some of these laws are not as easy to understand as they could be. I mean, I'm mm. obviously a, a lawyer, and one of the essential elements of a good law is that it's easily understood. I'm not entirely right. convinced that the laws of football are that as easy clear to understand. as they could be. Yeah. Um, we've had a few occasions, you know, so far where we've sort of had to debate is precisely what's meant and we've been unable sometimes to come to a definitive answer but uh, which is encouraging because i've got to do a laws test as well this next year so um cool. yeah we better we better step up our step up our recording because i need to revise <laughs> <laughs> so uh going to our post bag this week i there was one that sort of stood out which is the one where someone asked us if we'd be prepared to sort of discuss the um to VAR decisions from the England Iran game. Um, so are you happy to discuss that? I mean, I, I didn't watch the game live, but I have watched the highlights and I have seen the, the two VAR instances. And I've also read quite a bit about them online to get sort of different people's perspectives. But um, just to put it into context, I think there was at the beginning of the game uh, a penalty shout for England. Yes. Um, Harry Maguire was complaining that he'd been had his shirt pulled. And um, I think that I think VR decided no penalty. And then towards the end of the game, um, the scoreline, I suspect, may have played some part in the decision-making process. But at that stage, it's 6-1 to England. Um, some might say an almost identical instant at the other end of the pitch with the Iranian player uh, arguably getting less um, shirt-pulling than, than Maguire had, and a penalty was given. I've got a view as to quite where they came to that decision, but largely based on stuff I've read about it online. But I mean, mm. any, any thoughts yourself about it? Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, it was. So I think it was a comment on Facebook, wasn't it? One of the listeners. So thank you for yeah. that. And he wanted us to kind of maybe open up a section um, of the podcast that was about kind of analysing these decisions and stuff. And, you know, I'm happy to sort of discuss them. I'm never going to get into a case where I want to dig referees out, like I said at the start, because... I think lots of people do that online. It's just not not worth it. I'd much prefer to focus on coaching, coaching yeah, referees, I, I, and telling you how to improve your game. But I think I there's think a lot of learning opportunity from it. Yeah, I agree. I don't think discussing this is in any way criticizing no. the referee. And in any event, it was really a VAR decision. So if we're criticizing yeah. anything, it's VAR. Yeah, but, which um, are still referees in a room. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, um, I, I, but, but yeah, I mean, I looked at them both. Uh, you, at the end of the day, uh, we'll, as we'll learn as we get onto it in the next few episodes, any shirt or any pull of an opponent is is a foul and and probably should be a penalty. Um, I think I think the I think the greater learning point on it is really its context of game, and that's something that we can't that 
it's kind of like one of those unwritten rules of refereeing that if any footballer actually ever found out that we do it, they would get up in arms about it because, oh no, if it's a penalty here, it should be a penalty there, et cetera, et cetera. But at the end of the day, that like the, the Harry Maguire one was the very, very first like set piece of the game and stuff like that. And yeah. Was it wide and open and obvious? I mean, it, I think it was, um, but I can see why you're like, no, no, it's just for, let's just calm down. It's the first game. Let's just get our feet under the table. Let's keep a lid on things. Let's not blow, blow games out of the equation for people and stuff like that. You know, like, let's just like, that's that. I, I think in many games, the softer penalty shouts in those kinds of situations, I think they can be kind of calmed down a little bit easier um, at the start of a game in a World Cup like that or I, in, in a tense game compared to later on in the game where they all become a little bit more critical. And, and also you've, you've judged the level of physicality you're going to allow the players to have in the game. So therefore the, the, the kind of the way you decide on where you're going to draw the line there based on the whole experience of the game might change slightly. I do think though, this was probably a, I think, I, I think, I think both were a penalty. Yeah, I'm, I, I agree. And I, I think the reality is, is that, um, you know, shirt pulling is, is a, is a foul. And so, well, a pull of anything, a pull of an arm, a yeah, pull of a leg, and, a pull of a head. And if it's, a, if it's done in the penalty area, it's a penalty. Yeah. And, you know, so strictly speaking, that should be the case. I get everything you say about when it occurs in the game and the nature of the game. That, that all makes perfect sense. I mean, I, I thought it was fairly obvious, you know, what happened to him. I mean, he was, I thought he was pretty severely restricted. What happened was, to Harry? He was rocking yeah, tackled. Yeah, I mean, he, was. Pretty, he, he was being held back. And he was, I, and he was being of, held around the waist and pulled down to the yeah. floor. And I, and I get a bit annoyed by people say, you know, the argument about, oh, what if we gave every shirt pull? We'd have penalties all the time. That wasn't well, a shirt pull. He literally bundled him to the floor. But even even, st- even still, because this happens a lot sort of in, in court at corners, you know, people being mm. sort of manhandled. And, and the fact is, if that's what's happening and it's a foul, they should be given, regardless whether that means there'll be a lot more penalties. Yeah. Um, I think the a lot of the arguments online which try to justify the different approach or, or certainly what, um, so some of the pundits were saying was that you have to take into account uh, what impact that had on the player's ability to play the ball. And I think the the sort of considered view with Maguire was, yes, he was impeded. Question number two, would he have actually been able to make contact with the ball? Probably not. He was a bit of distance away. There's a lot going on between him and the ball. Whereas I think it's fair to say that in the decision that was given, I mean, I don't think it was a huge amount of contact, personally, but... He, oh, he I don't know. Much- he, it, it was enough contact to quantify a foul. He's pulled, like, they pulled his shirt from behind. Like, the England player's grabbing the shirt from behind his back, and just because he's behind him, like, sorry, just because the player who's being fouled yeah. is behind the player doing it, still makes it a foul. Um, but I think the he was closer to where the ball was coming. Yeah. And so there is a much stronger argument. I mean, a foul's a foul, but there's a much stronger argument for saying... That that foul prevented him from having the opportunity of of striking the ball. Yes, and explains I, it. It does. It does. But it doesn't. I mean, it doesn't really because you know that's like saying, well, anything off the ball doesn't count. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um. But I do understand that, especially at a corner. Like when I'm refereeing a corner, I'm looking. Did Germany score? No, but Costa Rica have equalised. Oh wow! And and Germany have just hit the post. It's, right. it's all happening, Adam. <laughs> um, you'll forgive me that I've got one eye on the football screen, on the football screen, the, the TV that is. Um, but yeah, it's 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 all happening. Good. Lord. People are anyway. gonna people are gonna think they tuned into Radio Five Live. <laughs> um, and so so when I'm ref, when I'm referee in a corner, I'm looking predominantly at where the ball is going to land and, yeah, and how the players who are playing the ball are going to be affected for a foul. That being said. If if I see it, because that's the other thing as well, like you're, that's generally where you're looking. You're looking in what's called the landing zone, right? Where the ball is going to yeah. land. And if you're looking there, then off the ball, like at the near post, say the ball's landing on the far post, the near post, you know, you might not see it. Like I always stand quite a way away. I always look at a wide angle. Like I'm always in and around the D so I can kind of see everything. 
Well, equally, you know, something that large, that obvious, that big, you know, I think you do still have to take into account there's a foul. Otherwise, it's oh. open season for yeah, no, you know, I, players I who are nowhere near the ball to do whatever they want to each other. Because equally, you don't know how the ball is going to be played and you don't know if that foul has then affected that guy's ability to get to the rebound, to pick the ball up, to, you know, you know, whatever, like kick the but deflection. But I, I, I will say this, though, um, in defence referees, it's so difficult when you've got a really congested penalty box oh, yeah. and you and you're obviously targeting your eyes, you say, on the on the landing zone of the ball, because that's what you know you've got to do. That that it's so difficult to see what's going on everywhere. I mean, you just yep. simply can't. I mean, that's no. and the reality is you, yes, you might miss you might miss something. I mean, mm. you know, we're, we're we're not perfect, and there's just so much going on. I think and we can't see it all. I think, I mean, I, I understand why the referee might not have seen that. Um, but then I think really looking at it to VAR, I'm surprised because that's the point of VAR, right? To be another set of eyes in those situations. And yeah, I think it probably should have been um, should have been an England penalty. And then I and, and the Iranian penalty was a penalty. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. No, there we go. Mm. Um, so, as ever, if you if anybody has any questions they want to send in or ask us for our observations or comments about, then get in touch with us through the usual channels. Can I, or can I just say pods. as well, like we put out a direct appeal last last week, and we haven't had many questions come in this week. I don't know if it's because people are, and, and so you know, come on, please, please dig us out of a hole. Yeah, no, because. Um, we don't get huge amounts of questions, but it'd be nice to be able to, to deal with them. But yeah, red and yeah, yellow pods. That at gmail.com or just ask us on Facebook or TikTok now. But equal, we don't get many, so that means we can give our full attention to the ones. Yeah, we no, get. absolutely. So I think maybe some people are thinking, oh, I won't message in because they never get around to it. But you know, quite the contrary, we've got, we've got a very good prospect of us getting to deal yeah. with it. So and if you want, if you want a name drop, you can have one. Exactly. So I think, Adam, all that leaves us is... Oh, you're ready for the jingle. My fun facts. My fun facts. Cue jingle. It's now time for Ed's fun facts. Lovely. So um, I've tried to keep my fun facts, as you might expect, to matters relating to time. Um, when did the idea of 90 minute games first um, occur, Adam? <laughs> I need a year. Right. So it nearly always happens around the World Cup. 1936. No, no. Wow. Um, 1866 is oh, when I got the six right. There was uh, the first game that was decided to be 90 minutes that was a game between uh london and sheffield and the uh two teams decided that they were going to have a fixed period of time for the match they thought it was going to be a, a period of time which would be enough to tire everybody out right and they settled on 90 minutes um, but it didn't actually become official law until so that's the first note of it happening but so 1866, it first happened. When do you think it became part of the laws, the game? 1910. No, a little earlier than that. 1897. Oh, I was going to go 18 something. I thought, nah, hey, hey. When do you think the concept of changing ends at half time got introduced? Yeah, I get really uncomfortable with these questions. I'm like, I don't know. Leave me alone. You told me um, last week how good you were at these referee. At these not referee at all. I, I think I've, I think one episode I got like three pretty good. Um, a change of ends at half time. Yeah. But what was the answer to the last one? Eighteen ninety six or something. So it was eighteen sixty six was when there was a first match that was to ninety minutes. Eighteen ninety seven when it became law. But when did the concept of changing ends at half time get introduced into what were called the Sheffield Rules? Oh. We've heard about those before. We have heard about the Sheffield Rules before. I don't, I don't remember. I don't remember. Uh, uh, let's go 1908. No, it's actually actually even earlier than the uh, 90 minutes. It was 1862. Oh, but interesting question. They only, at the initial stages of the introduction of that uh, idea of half-time changing ends, 
it was only if there hadn't been any goal, depending on there having been no goal scored in the first uh, period of play. Oh, so if no no goal scored, they didn't change ends. But wait, so, so they only established it was a 90-minute game when, sorry? 1866. And they decided to change ends at halftime 1862 because before that before. they would so, play for different lengths of time so they'd play for right. like two hour matches but then how, right oh right but they'd always put a time cap on it I was going to say how do yeah, they know they put, what half yeah. time is no, if they didn't know how think, long the game was I think it was either Sheffield or London were in the habit of playing sort of two hour games prior right. to the changes oh, it's like AFL it goes on forever it's horrible um, when did the laws of the game add the law which said that um, the team that has the greatest number of goals wins the match. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. Um, when did the law come in that states the team that has the most amount of goals wins the match? Yeah. At, at, yeah. Surely at the inception of football. No, because what they would do previously was they would keep playing until there was someone winning. Um, so it went on forever. Wait, but surely someone's always winning. No. Unless what, it's nil-nil. Or draw. Yeah, but like, but so in order to create a result, someone has to like go up in front. What? So do you mean like if the two hours had been passed and it was still a yeah. draw, they just keep playing? Yeah. Right. Um, and... This hurts my brain. <laughs> Although we've talked about the ex uh, oh no, extra time. When was extra time first written into the laws of the game for matches that needed to, to be a, a definitive result? When, when would that happen? 1942. No, that was 1897 when it was written into the laws of the game, but right. it didn't really become a worldwide norm until 1970. A worldwide was norm. Was that yeah. was that the pre precursor to the World Wide Web? <laughs> um, and that became important because um, there'd been instances where there'd been matches where um, they had just kept on playing forever and ever until they yeah. got a result. So right. Some, okay. I think the the longest recorded length of time. What What do you think is the longest length of time? recorded for a match um a competitive match oh like four and a half hours yeah not bad three hours and 23 minutes yeah um was a game i don't involve doncaster i can't remember who their opponents are Don, doncaster rovers and stockport county um that's like March do you remember 19 no, it was 1946 do you remember that, that? Um, john isner nicola mahu match in tennis yeah, that went on forever. Went on for like three days, didn't it? Yeah. Um, um another little fun fact, just so we we're talking about we we're talking about the times of matches and um, added time that they're playing in the World Cup. Oh my word, Costa Rica have just gone two one up. Oh wow. Looks like Germany are headed out of the World Cup. Same day. Breaking, breaking news, breaking news, I mean, but by the time I get this edited, it won't be. That's quite incredible. What's um, um what's the time of what's the time left on the clock? Because uh, really that's 20, what this is about. 20 minutes left. 20 minutes left. Right. So plenty of time. Um so yeah, going back to amount of added time. So in 2017, IFAB, who as we know are the governing body of the laws, they came up with an idea which they labeled play fair. Um, and they were thinking about changing the match length to 60 minutes. Oh, and stop it for that. The clock every time the ball went out of play. Oh, I wouldn't be up for that because the stats show that less than 60 minutes of football is actually played in a 90 yeah. minute game. I think it's a bit, quite a bit lower than that, actually. But they talked about that, and um, they also, uh, as part of that, just talked about whether or not they were going to increase the halftime break by five minutes to 20 minutes. Um, and apparently, the only people that were very much in favor of that were the uh, advertisers that would get five more minutes of commercial time. Uh, but no one else was really that bothered about it. VR uh, check on the goal, by the way. Oh, Adam. lovely, lovely. It's very important. As, as we're talking about half-time, it was a goal. Yeah. 
It's a goal. John Murray, it's we are not. Hey. Um, as, as we're talking about halftime, we actually have a fun fact from a listener this week. <coughs> we do. Yeah. Do you want to, do you want to deal with that one and before mm. I give you my last little fun fact quiz? So this is one of our loyal listeners, which she likes to be called. Her name is Lacey. I, don't worry, I checked. I checked. Lawyer, lawyer, Ed. I checked. I checked. I checked. And she, um, she decided to, she messaged me on Instagram and was like, I've got a fun fact about like halftime. Um, do you want to know it? It's all about West Ham. I was like, yeah, why don't you send it to me as a voice note? So I'm going to hand over to Lacey. Hello, Adam and Ed. So not to steal Ed's fun facts funder, but I have a fact about West Ham's halftime break. So out of all the Premier League teams, West Ham is the only team that's allowed one extra minute during halftime. So instead of the standard 15, they get 16 minutes. And apparently this is because of the distance between the changing rooms and the pitch. Um, personally, I've done that walk and I don't think it's that long. But yeah, hope you enjoyed my facts. How interesting was that? West Ham get an extra minute at the end of, or during half time, because apparently their dressing room is too far away. Well, have you ever been to London Stadium? No. So um, Referee to Upton Park, but I've never been to London Stadium. I, I've sat in the director's box of the London Stadium. Oh, how la-di-da. How did you waggle that one, sir? And you are witty-twitty, aren't you? The one thing that struck me when I was there was... <laughs> I love how you just, just ignored that. <laughs> how far the director's box... Bear in mind, the director's box has obviously got to be like A1 position in the stadium. I mean, it was so far from the dugout, which in turn is so far from the touchline... I mean, it is insane. I mean, I can perfectly understand why they get the extra minute. I mean, it's. I'm sorry to all the West Ham fans out there, but the West, the London Stadium, is just the worst stadium for watching football. The keeping that the running track, I'm afraid to say, has been a bit of a disaster. And of course, it was designed as a, a round stadium for the Olympics, mm. um, and so the, the rectangular shape of the pitch means that you know if you are along the touchlines, you are miles away from the action. Um, so I perfectly well, understand that. Weren't they going to like make the seats retractable? Yeah, I think they were going to. They've done some changes to the seating. I think in the corners to bring fans a little bit closer in. Right. But the the honestly the touch lines, it's mad. I mean, it's it's just incredible how far back it is. On um, uh, is Karen Brady still in charge? Yeah. Yeah. Oh wow. She she was there in the director's box the day I was there. Is that why you was there? Was you representing Uh, for some reason? Joe Cole was there. Um, Joe Cole is a nice guy. And um, who's the uh, annoying uh, host of American TV that used to be in uh, James Corden? James Corden was there. Yeah, it was um, was the other guy Ben uh, Phillips? Is his name Ben Phillips? Ben, the guy who does ITV. Good morning, good morning ITV. Good oh morning, no, 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 he, he's normally there as well. If James is there, so um, the only time I've been in the director's box, darling, I met John yeah. Watson. Yeah. Yeah, when I was working which, at Upton Park. Which, 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 oh, was that Upton Park, was it? Yeah. yeah very nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, right, some some f- quick fire questions as part of the fun facts, Adam. Right. Fastest goal in the World Cup. I want to know who it was by. Oh, God, I don't know. And when uh, it was. And how long it was. 22 seconds. No, it was quicker than that. Was it? Yeah. It would have been... A team like, uh, is it a European team? Yeah, European. Okay. Oh, well, oh, crikey, that's. Oh, Russia? No, Tur- Australia. Turkey? Australia. Turkey's European, oh. isn't it? Turkey yeah, European. Turkey's in Europe. Yeah. So um, if it was Turkey, was it a or someone, or is that the referee who's from Turkey? It was 2002. So the. Shakir, no. South Korean World Cup. Hakan right. Suka. Suka, that's it. Yeah, Suka. 11 uh, seconds. Um, wow, that is quick. What What do you? Th- I mean, there's there's a lot of sort of dispute about, you know, because there's lots of criteria about, you know, was it a Premiership game? Was it a you know official game? Whatever. But the fastest Premiership goal that I think I found. Um, do you know who that was by? I know. I know the FA Cup one. Are you going to ask me about the FA Cup? No. Oh, that's what's the point of me being here? Um, <laughs> Yeah, right. Well, the FA Cup one wasn't that Chelsea, wasn't that your lot? Roberto Di Matteo in like 1997, maybe? He scored in like 15 seconds. Lots of websites say that the quickest goal in 
the Prem is Nicholas Bentner. Oh, yeah, um, I can believe that. The 1.8 seconds, apparently. Wow. What? Playing, what do you do? Shoot from Spurs. the halfway line? Well, as you know, you can shoot from the halfway line. You can shoot from kickoff and score a goal. You can now. You never used to be able to. Perfectly legitimate things to do. They changed that, uh, Germany, they? Germany just hit the crossbar, by the way, just to, to add to the excitement. The drama. Um, it's building. There's, there's only one England football player in the top 10 of fastest World Cup goals. And if I tell you it was in France. 1990. Sorry, against when? France right. in, the, in the World Cup in Spain. When was the World Cup in Spain? Um it was 19-something, because I can't read the end of my screenshot. <laughs> oh, great prep. Great prep. Um, but, yeah, do you know who it was? World Cup in Spain. Well, 20, I need to know what year so it was. When, was. when was Spain? Spanish World Cup. 2010? No, South Africa. 1982. Right. So I'm looking for a 1982. 1982, England player who scored oh. after 27 seconds. That's well before my era. That would have been someone like... I think it was Captain. Oh, that doesn't help me. George Shreves, was that a player? No. George Shreves? Peter Beardsley. John Barnes. Brian Brian Robson is the answer. Oh, that makes sense. Just a little bit more time. um, Final quick questions for you. There are only three footballers who have scored goals in every minute of the 90-minute game. So by that, they've scored the first bit of a match at some point, second minute of a match, all the way through to 90 minutes. In their careers. Good, good question, isn't it? That's well. crazy. Alan Shearer has got to be one of them. There are only three that have done it. In the Premiership or in global football? No, this is, I think it's global football. But uh, there are three European footballers. So there's not an Englishman? Um, no, there's no Englishman. Right. Bloody hell. So if I'm gonna if I give you their um countries, does that help? It might. Portuguese. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo. Correct. Germany. Not recent. No. Not Franz Beckenbauer. Was Franz Beckenbauer no. a striker? Uh he was a midfielder, but um yeah. You're, you're not that era is not you're not bad. It's Gert Muller. Okay, Muller. Um, and then finally, uh, last European player is this is awkward. He is from. Oh crikey! Oh golly, he's having to go to the phone. Oh, is he, is he here Croatian? I was getting a load of crap. Here I was getting an absolute load of crap from you for not. Oh doing no, my he's, he's Swedish. He's Swedish. Swedish. Oh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Yes, there we yeah. go. That is the um yeah, and finally that? uh, yes that's fi- finally uh what's the longest penalty shootout there's been in, in sort of professional football? Oh how, what, how many, how many spot rounds? Kicks? I reckon how many gone, spot kicks? I reckon they probably went through what in total? I reckon they probably yeah. went through the teams three times. So that would be eleven times three. Provided no one got sent off. So yeah. around 33, so maybe like 32 or like 34, because you've got to have one who didn't, because you have to get the one. I'm going to say around the early 30s. It's 48. Wow. That's a lot of men. It was I lose in the Namibian Cup wow. in 2005 when KK Palace played Civics and it took 48 spots. Um, and it's in the Guinness World Records it would be. for the longest penalty shooter. And on that mind-blowing fact, well, I'm can't... finishing my fun facts for this week. I can't track a penalty shootout when there's just five penalties, <laughs> let alone 48. <laughs> That's nuts. <laughs> right. Are we going to keep the podcast going just so we get the conclusion of the Germany-Costa Rica game? Or should we call it a day? <laughs> <laughs> no, because that means dragging it out for uh, 10 more minutes. Oh, golly. We will not put you through that. We're not managing that. No, we are not. Um, you'll have to just check out the scores. Well, I think we've done well today. I think we've produced we have done well to pod- produce a podcast of, of some length that. Um, I'm, I'm not sure how much of it is. Um, I'm not sure how much of it is TikTokable, but I will see. 
No, probably not a great deal, but but at least this week you'll be able to see my face if there is any TikTok clips. Oh, there we go. I will put, which is, which is a bonus for everybody. Just for you. <laughs> it might be it might be like a week of like banter on TikTok <laughs> as opposed to actual help for people. That's all right. That's fine. Right. I'm gonna go watch the last 10 minutes of this game. Lovely. Lovely to see you. Likewise, Good luck. my friend. Break a leg tonight. Thank you very much. Doing Basil 40. Um that'll be fun. And yeah, thanks. No. Good job. Uh, what was going to say? Oh, yeah. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and tell all your friends about us. And um, you can now follow us on TikTok. And while Ed is watching the end of the Germany-Costa Rica game, he's going to set up our Instagram account. Perfect. Lovely to see you. Have a good Likewise, week. Likewise, my friend. Ciao, ciao. Bye. Au revoir. Thank you for making it to the end of another episode of Red or Yellow. You're clearly a very fit listener may I gently remind you to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Tell all your friends. And don't forget to please share it with any refereeing groups that you may have. Good luck on the fields out there this week. And if you have any questions, please make sure you send them in to us on social media. Voice notes or written questions would be brilliant. And we will, of course, include them in the podcast. Have the most wonderful day. Ciao, ciao.